0: A lot of you are probably wondering why it took me almost a month to record a new podcast. Well, the answer is quite simple.
1: Because I'm an alcoholic!
0: I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. No, I'm not an alcoholic. I've just been incredibly busy. To the point where I kind of wish that I was drinking a lot more than I do. Which is hardly ever. But, uh... I'm doing a podcast now, so I I suppose we should be grateful for that. And one thing I am grateful for is that Manny Pacquiao, this past Saturday, scored his first knockout in nine years against Lucas Matisse. It, It makes you wonder, where has this Manny Pacquiao been? Was this just the right opponent? Was Manny in the right frame of mind? Was it, you know, a new training camp? Did that rejuvenate things since he didn't have Freddie Roach in his corner? Who knows? But when you think about all the, uh, I I don't want to call them easy opponents, but at the same time, with the the knockdowns that he scored um, against Chris Algieri, with the 12 dominating rounds he had against Brandon Rios, you think, or you would think, that he would be able to score a knockout, especially against Algieri. I mean, it was getting embarrassing by the end of the fight, just how much he was dominating Algeria, knocking him down, even though his trainer was saying, oh, he's going to knock Pacquiao out soon. I'm going to let him out of the cage. Yeah, remember, let him out of the cage? That was a thing in boxing in 2014, I think. But in rounds three, five, and seven, and that was the uh, the third knockdown in round seven, that was the end for Lucas Matisse. Well, it, it's, it's not that he... Was fighting like a uh like, like he did in his prime, but for for a few moments, an old Manny Pacquiao did kind of look like the Manny Pacquiao of old. It it, it was a good performance. Um, Matisse, I've heard some people, including Teddy Atlas, and we'll get to that, be a bit critical of him, saying that oh he was just a punching bag. No, I I think that after a while he thought that he was uh, possibly going to dominate Pacquiao, but. I don't think he expected Pacquiao's punches to be that fresh and to have that kind of impact on him, especially the hand speed that's still there at age 39. Earlier when this fight was first announced, I was having the, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say fear, but having a bad feeling about the fight, almost as if we were seeing history sort of repeat itself. I was making comparisons to Oscar De La Hoya versus Manny Pacquiao back in 2008. And I thought, wow, Pacquiao's not with his usual trainer like Oscar did. He's bringing in somebody whom, you know, he hasn't worked with before. He was working with Nonito Dinero Sr. in this fight, even though his uh, longtime cornerman Boo Buboy Fernandez, was his uh, head trainer for the fight. I just thought, wow, this, this could be... You know, we could be seeing what happened to Oscar happen against Manny. Just the opposite happened. No, it was was kind of like, nope. Instead, it's Matisse who got a feeling of what it was like to be Oscar De La Hoya that night. Death by a thousand lefts. And I heard heard a lot of people talking about uh, the first knockdown in round three everybody was like analyzing it from you know all different angles wait what was that was that a left hook was that an uppercut i mean even even timothy bradley was doing it and before i go any further with that i think timothy bradley does a great job on espn as an analyst i i I think he's getting better with each performance well i say performance but with each with each broadcast i think he's getting better and better and does a pretty good job here
1: call this a 45 or maybe even a nice oh it's an uppercut a left uppercut right up the guard of Matisse. Split the guard. The punch that you don't see will hurt you. There's an awkwardness
0: to Manny Pacquiao throughout his whole career that is so effective. But I think a lot of people are mistaken. It was not a hook. It was not an uppercut. It was not a hooker cut, which is what you give to a prostitute after she rips you off when you pay her and she won't... well, anyway, that, that that's just what I've heard. But anyway, it was not neither of those. What it was was a smash. And if you're unfamiliar with what the smash is, watch uh, some of Donovan Razor Ruddock's fights. So watch some of his knockouts because that's what he uses. He uses a smash. It's a mix of a hook and an uppercut. It's not a hooker cut. It's a smash. There is a great video on YouTube that you can watch. That'll go through the mechanics of it all and how Ruddock developed it. It's pretty good.
1: The Smash is known for its circular motion and devastating power.
0: And when it connects, it often results in a knockout. Difference here, though, was that it did not result in a knockout, but it resulted in a knockdown. And it it, it seems that from there, it was kind of clear that this is Pacquiao's fight to look good in. And that Matisse... You know he might have had a puncher's chance, but I think Pacquiao has learned quite a bit from the, uh, the 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 loss to Marquez back in 2012. Hard to believe that was almost six years ago, right? But yeah, he he was very clever, very tactical, and uh, he just broke Mar or sorry, didn't break Marquez, but he broke Matisse down. And at the uh, at the seventh round. You know the third knockout or third knockdown comes, and Kenny Bayless he starts counting, but then he just waves it off. He can kind of see the look in Matisse's eyes that you know what I don't want anymore. I- I'd rather not continue. So if if you wave this off, I'm not going to complain. And Matisse didn't complain. Uh, he he says that he's going to hold his head high because r- regardless, you know he still he he did uh, fight a legend like Manny Pacquiao. He didn't uh, He didn't win, but at the same time, he lost, and how many great fighters have lost to Manny Pacquiao, and I'm not saying that Matisse is some sort of great fighter, but he's a pretty good fighter, but uh, I guess a lot of people are saying that this is a case of, well, it was one shot fighter against another shot fighter, only, in this case, Pacquiao wasn't as shot as Matisse was, and, you know, that's That's a fair argument. In fact, uh, Teddy Atlas from ESPN, he later broke this down.
1: How do you rate what Pacquiao did in Malaysia? You hit a heavy bag, you look good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Put your arms up. Okay. All right. You gonna hit me? Uh, Bang, bang. I look good.
0: Again, I don't think it's entirely fair to classify Matisse as a punching bag. I think he did come to fight. I think that eventually, though, he just became overwhelmed by who was in front of him. He probably didn't expect that from a 39-year-old Pacquiao, and I can guarantee that a lot of people didn't expect that either.
1: (laughs) You're not doing nothing back, of course. Gonna look, but look. Well, it's
0: also hard to look good, or rather to throw back, when the other guy has such great hand speed. Matisse, and Matisse is an orthodox fighter fighting a southpaw in Pacquiao, but every time he would, like, throw a jab and sometimes land it, Pacquiao would be coming up with this beautiful right hook over Matisse's jab. I, I've seen him do that a few times. I think he's absolutely brilliant at it, and you, you could just tell that is hurting Matisse much more than, you know, Matisse's jab is hurting Pacquiao, if it's hurting him at all.
1: Oh, you Pacquiao maniac fans out there.
0: Hey, 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 uh, calm down Teddy. All right, they're not maniacs They're fanatics That's where the word fan comes from its derivative of the word fanatic uh, Anyway, uh, let's keep going
1: no disrespect give him a lot of credit 39 years old. He got the job done. He looked good Yes against a 36 year old who in the end he quit a diminished Matisse who did not fight He did not try in very little spots. He threw for the most part. He was, he was a passive guy who looked like he was just getting paid.
0: Again, I'll reemphasize Pacquiao has superior hand speed, probably superior punching power and just superior technical ability. And again, played a big factor in the fight. And to, uh, to his credit, at least he is giving Pacquiao some credit for what he did at age 39. I mean... I personally thought this was just going to be another 12-round decision, and I was I was surprised when it ended ended in the seventh round. I thought, oh my god, Manny Pacquiao got a knockout. I mean, if this was on HBO, Max Kellerman would really be saying, "Holy crap, Manny!" You know, it's been a while since we've seen that.
1: Let's say Pacquiao wants to go on. Was this an OK fight to restart his his career? He took it. He took a year off. You can't knock him. I mean, you can't knock him off. There's the only thing you can knock if you're going to be really thorough. If you're going to really X-ray vision this fight and really be honest about it, you look at what I just said. You look at Matisse, 36 years old, 45 fights.
0: Okay, Teddy, I actually agree with you. If Pacquiao does want to continue with his career, and I sincerely hope that he does not, I hope that he kind of realizes, okay, I was able to do this because it was against the right opponent. I don't think that Pacquiao can do this against top tier welterweights. I honestly don't believe that he could do this to Keith Thurman or Errol Spence and certainly not to Terence Crawford. Uh, if I was uh, managing Pacquiao, I would tr- if I could not convince him to retire, I would then try to convince him, "Okay, don't fight Terrence Crawford.
1: Marvelous performance for a 39 year old with 69 fights, no doubt about it. But no effort on the other side, no resistance on the other side. If you can fight guys like that all the time, he might be able to fight till he's 79.
0: <laughs> Again, I agree. I, I really hope that Pacquiao doesn't fight for another 40 years. I hope, I hope that he doesn't fight for another four years. Um, but yeah, if, if they keep Uh, matchmaking properly with Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, you know, he could keep looking good against certain opponents, but I think after a while, the novelty of seeing it would kind of wear off. I'm surprised it hasn't worn off already, to be quite frank, but then again, how many people watch this fight, it's unknown yet, but I personally don't see him fighting any of the true elites of the welterweight division. Like I previously mentioned,
1: if you were managing him, What's the next move? Do you want him as a fan of the sport, as someone who loves the sport? Do you want him to go on and try don't to, to few more good fights? I, I, I'm not going to forget he's 39 years old with 69 fights. And that he fought a, a guy that had Everlast printed on his forehead tonight. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to lie to myself, I'm going to remind myself, hey, if I get in there with these young bulls that are in the welterweight division, and don't make a mistake about it, the welterweight division is loaded as any division it's almost as low as the 80s with Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Hearns, Roberto Duran, Pennell Whitaker, Benitez. I mean, unbelievable. When you're talking about Thurman and you're talking about Spence, you're talking about all these guys that are in there. He's coughing. jumping into a tough pool is what you're saying. I'm, I'm saying that I would be very, very careful, even after this nice performance. Again, remember who it was against. Remember what it was against. Don't lie to yourself. You start getting in there with that different pool that I just described. These young tigers, these young bulls. Well, guess what? Then you might see Pacquiao look 40 years old. All right. Teddy, thanks. You hurt me in the first round. We'll continue that later. No, no problem. Well,
0: Teddy has the right idea. Uh, I would keep Pacquiao away from the elites of the sport. Have him fight, you know, people who have kind of... People who yeah have a very good feeling that he could beat. I mean, people like Danny Garcia or Adrian Broner, fighters like that. I don't see him getting in there against Thurman, Spence, or Crawford and doing what he did against Lucas Matisse. I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't want to see Manny Pacquiao be another one of these fighters Who gets retired by boxing instead of retiring from boxing like he should have done after he beat tim bradley for the second time and pacquiao has said that he probably has two or three fights left in him but we've been hearing this for years we've been hearing this since you know 2010 i i remember uh Back during that time, like for a lead up for a fight against someone like Margarito, I remember Michael Kong saying that, oh, you know, well, Pacquiao probably has about maybe two or three years left in him. That's like, that was eight years ago. I mean, you've got to, you know, just put on the brakes and say, all right, stop, enough's enough. He was on the right track. When he did it against Bradley, it's like, perfect. You've defeated this guy for the second time, technically the third time, but, you know, the judges didn't get it right the first time. But, hey, you beat Tim Bradley when people thought that he was back with, you know, new fire in his belly because he had a new trainer and he had knocked out Brandon Rios. Everybody thought, great, you know, this is going to be an exciting matchup, but Pacquiao comes back, he looks great. He dominates, well, I don't want to say he dominates, but he probably his best performance against Tim Bradley because I remember he knocked him down twice and perfect way to go out picture perfect but then he comes back has a you know a who cares fight against Jesse Vargas then you have the uh the fight with Horn and now you've got this with Lucas Matisse I I have a very bad feeling that they're not going to try to make a fight against uh Spence or Crawford what they're going to try to do is make a fight between Manny Pacquiao and Vasiliy Lomachenko uh, I would not be surprised if they tried to convince Manny Pacquiao go back down to 140 pounds try to make the weight limit and you know we, we can have a, a super fight there and that will probably be Pacquiao's final fight you know win, lose, or draw I, I really don't want to see that happen I mean I'm very happy for Pacquiao let's not make it any clearer. I'm very happy that he won. It was great that he won by knockout. He hasn't done that since 2009. But there's a reason why I titled this podcast Manny Pacquiao, Will You Please Go Now? I wasn't talking about, you know, go to the bathroom or whatever. I'm talking about go away from boxing. I mean, you're a senator and you're doing this. I mean, good God, If, if this was America, you know, Whoever the uh, political opponents are on the other side, on the Philippines, like, or rather in America, they'd be saying, like, how can you trust this guy to be a senator when he's focusing more on boxing than his duties in the Senate? It's ridiculous. But regardless, we, we don't want to talk about politics. I just hope that, you know, Pacquiao does not get retired by the sport. Moving on. Victor Ortiz. Oh, see, When news breaks on TMZ, it's either bad news or it's dumb news. And somehow with Victor Ortiz, it's both. According to TMZ.com last week, Victor Ortiz is a wanted man after officials said he violated his probation in his DUI case and now a warrant has been issued for his arrest. As previously reported, the former WBC welterweight champ and Dancing with the Stars contestant was busted for drunk driving back in 2016 and was later sentenced to three years probation. According to court documents, he was supposed to check in with his probation officer on June 20th, but failed to do so and was then ordered to appear in court on July 10th. He blew that off too, so violation of probation warrant was issued. Uh, I, I, I doubt that, um the cops are going to be hunting him down. It's like, you know, I I doubt that people are put, putting up signs of Victor Ortiz saying, have you seen this fighter? And the answer would be no. I mean, personally, I, I think Ortiz should be prosecuted for that robbery he got against Devin Alexander, but regardless. Uh, but if he does have an encounter with the law, he'll be arrested, hauled into court, uh, apparently Bale's been set at $5,000. No word from Ortiz's camp at the moment. Oh, this is not what Victor needs at the moment, especially after his last fight, that draw which he did not deserve against Devin Alexander, and it's too bad because there were rumors that uh, a fight between him and Brandon Rios, you know, this grudge match which we've been waiting for years and years, well probably years and years up to and around 2013. But regardless, you know, it, it was always kind of on the back burner in boxing. Like, oh, will they, won't they? Are they ever going to fight? These two really hate each other. There, I'd been hearing rumors and talk that, oh, you know, they're working on making it happen. Oh, it's going to be hard to make it happen if Victor is in jail. Now, hopefully, Ortiz can get his stuff settled. But right now... Poor kid, I mean, I I want to feel sorry for him, but at the same time, that just goes against my character. Moving on. As all of you know, the biggest fight in the heavyweight division that can be made is Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship of the World. Well, I've got some exciting news. Anthony Joshua is going to be fighting September 22nd against... (gasps) alexander povetkin oh i I mean that 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 can be kind of exciting right right uh it, it it's really too bad that this is the best opponent that joshua can get uh, I, I don't know too much about what's been going on with Wilder. Apparently, Joshua was all set to go, but they were still waiting on Wilder. I can imagine that they that they just got impatient and just decided, all right, screw this. We're going to go our own way, and we'll try to make something with Wilder later. But regardless, this fight is going to be taking place, as I said, September 22nd at Wembley Stadium. Alexander Provetkin is going to be 39 at the time of the fight. He'll be entering the ring with a record of 34 wins, one loss, 24 wins by way of knockout. That lone loss is to uh, Vladimir Klitschko all the way back in 2013. Now, this is the interesting thing. According to... um, Anthony Joshua's box work page, even though the fight with Povetkin is already scheduled, there is also a fight to be announced scheduled for April of 2019. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't really get the heart beating with anticipation, but at the same time, I'm kind of curious, okay, are they already kind of hoping that they can set something up? Is this sort of setting the stage for something bigger? Are we going to have Povetkin come into the ring at Wembley and ringside is Deontay Wilder and after the fight Wilder gets in the ring and says provided Joshua wins of course is he going to get into the ring and say all right you know let's make this fight happen I'll sign the contract right here I'm ready to go that'd be very interesting if that's the case I don't know though and a lot of people don't know either but hopefully hopefully that's the case because You know, all of us would like to see that fight take place. Another fight that is going to be taking place in the heavyweight division, and much sooner than Povetkin versus Joshua, is Tyson Fury. Once again, back on the comeback trail, not too long after his, uh, I don't want to call it dominant, but more like just embarrassing. That fight against Safari was so boring and unforgettable. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. See, every time I think about that fight for too long, I doze off and I almost fell asleep. Either way, Tyson Fury is scheduled to fight August the 18th against Francisco Pianeta. Yeah, I haven't heard of this guy either. Uh... Pianeta enters the ring with 35 wins, 4 losses, 1 draw, 21 wins by way of knockout. I am looking at his uh, BoxRec page. Only name that's really standing out to me is uh, Ruslan Shigeyev. And he lost that fight back in 2015. Uh, This is Pianeta who lost the fight. Other fighters that he fought, Kevin Johnson, and he lost to him by TKO. Yeah. So this is probably another fight to make Fury look good. Uh Pianeta is going to be entering the ring coming off of a loss actually not too long ago himself. He uh his last fight was a uh a unanimous decision loss to Peter Mylus, and that was just a week after Tyson Fury fought. So, okay, obviously this is to make Tyson look good, as I said. Let's just hope that um, uh, that uh, that Fury actually tries to look good himself. And looking over uh, Pianeta's record, his first loss actually came to Vladimir Klitschko, and that loss was all the way back in 2013, kind of like Pavetkin. So yeah, I'm not expecting too much. Hopefully, if Fury is serious about getting back at to the top of the division, he'll look impressive and he'll say, "Okay, you know what? Next year, I want the fight against Anthony Joshua. If you can't get things settled with Deontay Wilder, you know, look at me. I've just fought twice in two months. I'm ready to go right now, but I'll but I'll wait until." April or whenever, uh, I might take a few more tune-up fights, but I'm going to get into the best shape you've ever seen. That's what he should do. I talk about often what fighters should do. And maybe if fighters listened to me, the sport would be in much better shape. And maybe the fighters would be in much better shape because if they listened to me, they'd train a lot harder. But regardless, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Arislandy Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavurn, Millerad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to YouTube.com slash for Free and like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Boxing for Free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Because I'm an alcoholic!